Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's February 29, 1692, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. She's possessed by the devil because she's sweaty, fidgets a lot, and refuses to bow her head during prayer. That may sound like I'm describing every adolescent girl in the world, but these symptoms were cause enough today in history in 1692 for a doctor to diagnose the presence of Satan in Salem, Massachusetts, leading to America's most famous witch trials. Yeah, the cousins Abigail Williams and Elizabeth Paris, who were aged 11 and 9 respectively, began to enter what looked like trance-like states and to suffer from these convulsive seizures in January of 1692. And by late February, prayer, fasting and medical treatment had failed to relieve their symptoms or to quiet their shouting that was labelled blasphemous that accompanied their fits. And pressured to explain what was happening to them, the girls then accused three other women of afflicting them via witchcraft. Yeah, I mean, Ollie, I think you're really downplaying Abigail's misbehaviour. She once threw a Bible across the room. Um, Though, to be fair, she also exhibited moments of hysterical repentance, you know, floods of tears and apologies for her sinfulness. And honestly, all this behaviour feels like very understandable responses to living in a Puritan minister's household. Her Mm. father was the Reverend Samuel Paris. And also, when you read the descriptions of how the phenomenon spread to other girls in the settlement, they were reported to be exhibiting similar twitching ticks and fits. It feels a bit like you read about how TikTok Tourette's is a thing, mm. you know, that people are watching videos of people who do have Tourette's and then themselves starting to experience what feel to them like real ticks in response. It's, a little, there's, it's definitely a sort of mass hysteria element. But you know, the girls were put under adult questioning. And so they were pressured to identify these tormentors who were causing this. And so it was on this day that the first arrest warrant was issued for what would come to be known as the Salem Witch Trials. And the people at whom they pointed the finger were three women who really stood out in the homogenous, very repressed Puritan community. One of them was Tituba, who was an enslaved Indian woman who lived in the Reverend Samuel Paris's house as a servant and who spent time with the girls. The other two, Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne. Looked the most like textbook witches. Like if you were were a (laughs) nine-year-old girl and you look around your Puritan settlement at which women around me seem the most poor, powerless and or foreign, then it would be these three women, right? Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne and our slave, Tituba. And this is what you see as the witchcraft epidemic goes across Salem, really, that the the women against whom suspicions were raised were often the women who in some way had stepped out of a conventional box. They had too little money, Mm. they had too much money, they had too many children, they had not enough children. They were a bit weird, they asked for money. They were middle-aged, but they looked older. I was literally like a child's idea of which are the women that feel a bit weird to me. Yeah, and who, who have they heard adults in their family complaining about? 
Yeah, I mean, taking a step back, a witchcraft craze had swept through Europe from the 1300s to the late 1600s, which led to the execution, as we've discussed before, of tens of thousands of people, primarily women. The OG witches. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the, the Salem trials really took place just as the European craze was winding down. There's a bunch of local circumstances that do explain what went on to kind of lead to this, because in 1689, the English monarch William and Mary initiated war with France in the American colonies, and that affected regions like upstate New York and Nova Scotia and Quebec, and the conflict forced a bunch of refugees into Essex County. And this real sort of influx of migrants strained Salem's resources. It kind of built up the rivalries that were existing between families, and controversy also began to arise around Reverend Samuel Paris, who was Salem Village's first minister in 1680. He was known for being a really rigid stickler to detail and a great persecutor of anyone who he regarded as being greedy. And the Puritan villagers attributed the conflicts in the village to the devil's influence. But it was Paris's daughter Elizabeth and niece Abigail who started having these fits. Yeah, I mean, Paris was preaching to a community that sincerely did believe in spectres and the devil and believed that if anything was going wrong, it was the presence of the devil. Paris himself had even once in a sermon blamed Satan for it snowing that day, (laughs) even though he was in Massachusetts in winter. So they were very willing to see the devil around. But of course, that then meant that when this um, scenario unfolded in his own house, it was actually a convenient excuse as to why the parish had been falling apart. Here's the reason why a variety of things aren't going to plan everybody in the colonies. Mm we have these unsatisfactory relations with the mother country. We have resources being strained to support everybody because of the devil. Look, the devil's Mm. here. That's why. Mm. Yeah, and Sarah Good, who was one of these first three women accused of witchcraft, really would have seemed that congregation like the embodiment of everything that was going wrong with Salem. She had an appalling reputation around town. She would go around begging, but begging kind of argumentatively and aggressively. And if people did give her money, she didn't seem grateful for it. She didn't come to church. She would later say it was because she had no decent clothing to wear. This was a very homogenous community that was based around households living in houses, being industrious, being thrifty, working hard. Her family were extremely poor. Her first husband had been an indentured servant who died in debt, and she and her second husband, William, were still trying to pay it off. So with their young daughter, Dorcas, they were living this very unstable existence, lodging in spare rooms, often penniless, often being kicked out because of Sarah Good's bad behaviour. I mean, her, her husband in court called her an enemy to all good. You know, she wasn't a sympathetic character at all. She had a wart on her nose. She made green <laughs> stew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, she had really rubbed the townsfolk the wrong way for a long time at this point. So when she was mentioned, of course, you can imagine that Abigail and Elizabeth would have heard adults around them talking about Sarah Good and how dreadful she was and, you know, what a blight her family were on the town. And possibly being related to the devil. Yeah. Because that's the kind of language they spoke in, you know. Oh, she's the devil's work. And actually, it was her five-year-old daughter, Dorcas, who was really the most sympathetic victim of all. Dorcas was initially accused of being a witch herself, you know, a five-year-old child. And she was also coerced or coached into supporting the accusations against her mother. You know, she told a lot of fantastical tales. And Sarah Good was ultimately hanged. Dorcas would 
would eventually be released from prison, I mean, as a small child, but she was irreparably traumatised. She spent her adult life basically as a homeless drifter after this ordeal as, as such a young girl. Both Good and Osborne claimed to be innocent, but Tichiba confessed. She said, the devil came to me and bid me serve him. She then had uh, this really elaborate tale featuring images of black dogs and red cats and yellow birds and a tall man with white hair and so on. So th- there was a real sort of sense that there was at least some witchcraft going on in the town because he was someone who had confessed to it. But then charges started being sort of pushed around willy-nilly when the colony's deputy governor, Thomas Danforth, who had at first supported the idea of having these witchcraft hearings, his wife ended up being accused, at which point he was like, oh, no, 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 maybe we should dissolve this court altogether. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fine (laughs) when it was just every weird-looking middle-aged spinster facing a death sentence because a child had pointed a finger at them, but not my wife. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But by now, the efforts of Phipps, the governor of the colony, to shut down the trials was already too late. The madness was out of hand and accusations were flying in absolutely every direction. And though he did actually manage to dissolve the courts, already by this stage, 19 men and women had been hanged on Gallows Hill. And Giles Corey, the husband of Martha Corey, who was 71, he himself was one of these people who was pressed and pressed to death in 1692 because he had refused to submit himself to a trial at all. And at least five of the accused died in jail. Even animals fell victim to the mass hysteria with colonists in Andover and Salem Village killing two dogs that they believed to be linked to the devil. So it just kept spreading in absolutely every direction despite people's efforts to put the fire out. Well, until eventually it did calm down and people slowly came to realise what they'd done when they declared January the 15th a day of official humiliation. What they did is they prayed to God for forgiveness on the basis that Satan had caused the whole thing. They recognised that was a mistake, but almost played down their own potential for control. Well, I mean, I think, you know, there is a bit of a devil at the centre of all of this, and the devil was a Reverend Samuel Paris. You know, I think this all originated from the fact that he was embarrassed that his daughter and his niece, who was under his care at the time, were exhibiting these, you know, antisocial tendencies when they should have been model girls for the community. And later on, when Tichiba, who actually did survive because she, you know, she had kind of sung like a canary, (laughs) she spent 13 months in jail because Samuel Paris wouldn't pay her jail fees. And a few years later, a Boston merchant called Robert Califf, who'd become, you know, really passionately interested in the trials, he wrote a book denouncing the witch hunt. And he seems to have spoken to Tichiba, who otherwise kind of disappears from the historical record. And he wrote... The account she since gives of it is that her master, i.e. Reverend Paris, did beat her and in other ways abuse her, make her confess and accuse her sister witches that whatsoever she said by way of confession or accusing others was the effect of such usage. So basically he had beaten her into making all of these crazy claims and eventually costing the lives of 20 people because he was embarrassed that his daughter and niece weren't behaving the way they should be. The efforts of atonement, though, took so long to actually play out because in 1711 the colony passed a bill restoring the the rights and good names of many of the accused, as well as granting a total of just £600 in restitution to their heirs. But it wasn't until 1957, more than 250 years later, that Massachusetts formally apologised for the events of 1692. Yeah, well, it was 329 years that the family of Elizabeth Johnson Jr. had to wait. She was the last convicted witch whose name was yet to be cleared, and that was in July 2022. <laughs> They were like, can we get a payout because we'd really like to buy some new broomsticks and cauldrons? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
tomorrow. Advertisers couldn't see the audience in it, and the music industry saw it as a direct threat. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.